I had a lot of fun playing Skyrim in virtual reality, mm-hmm. but actually playing Skyrim in virtual reality for more than a handful of hours, it's it's it becomes cumbersome to do stuff. So it's like, eh, do I want to play it this way or do I want to just play it the regular way? I will say there were some things that happened in that game in virtual reality that were so much spookier. Just like, because oh, it's I right bet. in your yeah. face, right? Like, it's, it's weird how VR messes with your head when it comes to perception of the world and the game yeah, you're playing yeah, yeah. and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, the other one that I remember playing is Creed, which is just the boxing game. Oh, I actually, I actually really had, I had a lot of fun with that, even though yeah, it was that kind of good. crappy. Like it was, it was like a good game that was a bad game at the same time. I it don't, was I don't a, know. it's an, it's an average VR game with decent production value. but like the actual like the actual fighting mini game itself is like eh, there i feel like there's better boxing games yeah or or things just get kind of stuck sometimes yeah and and so i played through the game on super hard and at the very end i I had to do the silliest crap ever to win which was basically you 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 know how you you move your arms up and down to to run forward right oh yeah and so i would run that's one... the, that's like the first and only instance that uh, that I can remember. Like the movement in that game is the only instance I can remember being like, "Ooh, I'm that actually makes me kind of queasy." Oh, really? It didn't like some, actually... some like minor motion sickness there. Ah, uh, no, I actually liked it. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, but I had I had played another game that I can't think of what it's called now. Um, it wasn't so much addictive or something. I don't know. It had hmm. it had a similar style of locomotion moving it's uh it wasn't so much sickness it was like there was a moment like when i started moving at first i actually felt off balance oh wow because it's like that feeling of like oh like it it's simulating me moving forward but i can tell that my like my body is not moving forward yeah so my brain signals are kind of confused and it's like oh wow that makes me like that makes me almost like lose balance and have to like want to fall down oh that's crazy i'm, I'm really glad i got I used to it experience. after i i got used to it after a couple of minutes and ended up playing the rest of the game but like that movement that like whole movement style was like did not agree with me okay i, yeah, I can I, I think that's the biggest thing is that vr is just divisive in nature in mm-hmm. terms of how they're handling right now but so the to beat it on hard mode i had to do this really silly thing where i would run through them and as i ran through them i would punch them in the face once do the quick turn run through them punch them in the face oh quick wow turn. and it was like because if i tried to fight them normally it was way too hard and the motions weren't tracking right sometimes so right, it was yeah. frustrating i was like oh screw it i'm just gonna cheese the hell out of this and yeah then... <laughs> i did run into that <laughs> so that was really funny it was stupid and oh my god did you have to work really hard for it to work because one punch to the face wasn't that much damage and mm-hmm. you have to constantly run back and forth. So it was actually quite the quite the arm workout. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I played it through just on normal. And, like, I'm not in great shape. So I went through, like, three or four fights and was, like, Yeah, oh, yeah it's dripping. like time to take a break. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I got to stop. I'm, like, I'm ready to pass out. <laughs> I, I So I am... Uh, I, I, it's just genetics for me. It doesn't matter how good of shape I'm in. I pretty much work up a sweat almost immediately. Yeah. Doing pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. That's it's kind of a weird one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same. That's why I like cold weather so much is like I can, if, if the temperature is above 75 degrees and I'm doing nothing, I will probably sweat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, if it's over 60 degrees and I am like walking, I will probably sweat. <laughs> and if it's any temperature and I'm actually doing any amount of strenuous activity, I'm drenched within like five to 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just how it works. That's just, that's just life. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Yep. I, I've VR. Uh, there's, there's a couple of games I'm curious about playing on the PlayStation VR. Hmm. And I'm just waiting for like a uh, a sale of some sort because I always find paying full price for the the, the VR games, well, pretty much any game. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, well, I could just wait two months and it's going to be quite a decent amount off. So there was that Guardians of the Galaxy game that came out September, I want to say, and yeah, it's, it's already down to fifty percent off for um, Black of Friday. Of course it is. Yeah, and so that's a game that I wanted to play because I I like the IP and I it seems like just like a fun mindless action game with some i hear like i hear like universally good things about it exactly and so i was i was thinking hmm do i buy this now or do i wait three months for 50 percent off or six months for like a 20 dollars sale yeah <laughs> well i mean so, like I ultimately that's a like it's a it's a matter of whether you want to play it now and whether you'll be able to because like ultimately it's a 10 dollar difference which is really not that big a deal the oh, difference true. between $60 and $30 is significant. The difference between 30 and 20 eh, Yeah, it not becomes so much. much less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, if you buy it and you play it before the sale goes out in the first place, then who cares? You got your you enjoyed it. The only yeah. time it feels really bad is if you buy something, play it for a little bit, forget about it, and then it's dropped in price before you actually finish it and you're sort of like, "Oh." Yeah. Well, that could have that could have gone better. Yep. But yeah, like I I heard uh Unlike certain other Marvel properties in video game form, um, I heard Guardians was actually really good. I feel like it's kind of in the same vein as like the uh, as like uh, Jedi Fallen Order from a couple years back. Yeah, I'm. I actually i i just i actually just picked that up for ten bucks, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna play it at some point in the near future here. Yeah, that I was one of those games it. where like you heard about it, and it's like, oh wow, that like. You want that to be good, mm -hmm. but like maybe it's EA terrible. has their EA has their fingerprints all over it. So yeah. are they going to ruin it into being some trash game? And then it comes out and is like, oh, this is actually quite good. Yeah, it I'm seems... pleasantly surprised. <laughs> it seems that a lot of people really enjoyed the experience. Mm. So I figured ten dollars is. Yeah, is a is a lovely <laughs> price point to jump in on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I Time played a little bit of it. Um, it's it's a Dark Souls game. It, right. Like, yeah. It's almost it's almost exactly. It's a Dark Souls game with a with a dat with like a little Salt Bay dash of uh, of Titanfall. Yeah, that seems that seems okay because there's also uh, which a is difficulty say, slider though. Oh so yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So it's Dark Souls, but there's also easy mode Dark Souls. Yeah. Which you know, I am on board. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> yeah, like, but you'd play you'd play it on the normal difficulty because that's you. I'm going to play it probably on easy. Yeah, that's fine. Play it on story mode. I don't care. If there is a story mode, that's likely to happen because the main reason I actually want to play it is because I'm curious about the story. And as long as the gameplay is fun, I don't care if it's easy. That, yeah. That's especially when it comes to action that games is like one, that. That is one thing that actually, like, 
that that is one thing that makes a difference is like sometimes the sometimes playing on like easy easy makes it so that nothing you do really matters and everything's kind of trivial and yeah, i think you don't get that to even removes experience some of the, the fun game. from it yes yeah yeah well you don't even get to do some of the stuff because everything right. dies in three hits anyways and it's like well was that too easy <laughs> everything dies on contact <laughs> yeah. like you can't die and you just walk into the enemy and they die and yeah so you're not using your moves or any of the like actual gameplay stuff which you know like honestly hey, for somebody that's probably the that's probably the preferred uh that's probably the preferred style and you know more power to you yeah i've i've played through games that are like that even though i i know i'm playing i feel like i'm missing out on stuff i'm still enjoying the experience and i don't feel like having to you know try yeah yeah, yeah. at all it's 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 sort of a it's kind of weird to think about, but sometimes that's just the the way to go is like, Hey, I just want to, I just want to see the, I want to see the whole, the whole package for what it is, even though I'm missing out on, um, the, some of the, the, the nuances of the fighting system. Like I'm yeah. more interested in hearing the story or seeing the, 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 the environments or hearing the music or however that is. I was watching a, uh, just before we started recording this, I was watching a, uh, pot or not a podcast. I'm not watching a podcast. I was watching a, a stream. Hey, of, we tried um, that. <laughs> yeah that's true we did try to do that it didn't go well um no i was watching a stream of near and like i think <laughs> of near that game so much <laughs> i i i like that i love that game enough to watch a stream of it um i was just thinking like they're they're on they're on like the b route ending uh, with all the additional context and everything and i was just thinking like man it really like I like the way that game is structured because it is a unique way of telling that story. Yeah. That makes it, you know, do you have to go through and do all of those actions without context so mm -hmm. that you can then get the context and then do them again to be reminded of what you did the first time. <laughs> and that's, that's a really clever way of structuring that to make you think about like the consequences of your actions and also think about how you didn't, how you weren't thinking about the other side of things the first time through. Right. However, the second and third time you go through, you keep your levels and your weapons and everything. So you're completely overpowered. And I, I just like, I think about that and I'm like, that is exactly the way that should work. And honestly, if you took like, if you took the gameplay away entirely, yeah, you wouldn't miss that much. Because like that game is not about <laughs> I know that what game you mean. is not about doing the combat. That game is about just like that game is about the story. Yeah, absolutely. And the experience of it. And if you you know, if the only reason there is to even do those battles again at all mm -hmm. is simply just to be reminded of your actual to so that you have the connection with what your actual actions were. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to, it's, it's one thing to be told you did this. It's another thing to do it with your own hands. So you have to, you know, you have to be reminded that like, Hey, this was an innocent child and his robot friend. <laughs> and you marched into, uh, you marched into his home unannounced and stabbed him with a spear and killed his robot friend yeah, yep. for no reason for Plain literally here. no reason. I it's like, like and and you did it it was a boss fight you were really hype about it and yeah it's, it's true 
and now you can now do it again but be less hype about it but you can't take it back you already did it <laughs> feel bad about it just a little bit feel a little bad the the point of all of it is like that is a situation where like yeah that game basically enforces an uber easy mode because you've already done it but there's a reason for you to go through the gameplay again but only just barely Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's not you've already like the actual gameplay challenge aspect of it is over there's yeah now no, it's there's just nothing to experience left to the story yes and hear the music again and hear the music again which is only a good thing yes very good thank you keiichi okabe and <laughs> and monica which is apparently a whole team of composers i learned recently oh, but he's just okay. kind of like he's just kind of like at the at the head of it but like it's a whole it's a whole like collective he gets the credit so. at the moment. He gets the credit. Yep. And deservedly so, but, like, everybody there deserves credit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of credits, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. At the beginning. Close. It's been 15 minutes. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hi, I'm Time Wanderer. Um, if you would like to, uh, if you'd like to talk to me outside of listening to this podcast, uh, you can do that at twitch.tv slash timewanderer or youtube.com slash timewanderer, where I play video games sometimes, even though I took last week off because I was tired. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's what we got to do. Honestly, it was a really good week off. Like, I- I'm really glad that I took it. I, I knocked out some things I'd been working on. I, uh. I finally concluded the saga of whoops. I uh, I put out a call on Twitter, an open call on Twitter for oh, emotes right. for my Twitch channel and got flooded with like a hundred bot responses. Yes, yes. Well, mixed in with some of those bot responses, I got some actual legitimate real responses. And one of them I actually like a lot. And I asked her to do them and paid her the other day. So I am in the wait list for that. Cool. So that's going to change like icons and stuff or what's 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 it covered the, or do you uh, want to leave it a secret for now no the the emotes are the uh the little the little badge things that you get to use in chat for subscribing ah gotcha so i am i am commissioning a whole new set of those did they change something or is it just like fun and different no it's just different the cool. ones that i the ones that i've had are just like patched together art that like it's just me literally like taking a screenshot of of something and then cropping it into a uh, <laughs> cropping okay. it into the it, into the box. And then there's a couple of things that like the the thing where with me making like the Kiryu heart yes. is um that is art that Jesse commissioned for like a t-shirt for something mm-hmm. for a while ago and I just decided to we just decided to like crop that and use it as a uh, and use it as as an emote because I didn't have anything better, but now I'm actually going to have a consistent set of emotes done in a consistent artistic style instead of like two things done by two different artists. And then a picture of kit with the sunglasses on and then a Shantae and a Roddy tops and, and Leah doing a smug face and just, and Kiryu doing a thumbs up and they're all just like weird cropped out art that doesn't look good. And it has no uniformity. <laughs> Those are all being replaced with new from scratch emotes done to my specifications in a consistent art style. And uh, Twitch just introduced follower emotes, which are emotes that you get to use in a channel just for following it without subscribing. 
So what oh. I think I'm going to do is rather than take the existing emotes off the channel entirely, I think I'm going to move those over to the follower emotes and then make the new fancy, like actually artistically commissioned emotes into the uh, subscriber tier. Cool. So that so we'll be able to use all of them. We don't lose anything. That's, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while because I always see other people's emotes and I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. Mine are really jank. I feel like everyone always feels that way about their own stuff. Yeah, it's it's the grass is greener mentality. Yeah, because I, I mean, I liked yours for what they were. Like, they were cool. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I also understand wanting something fun and new, right? Yeah. Like, it's that's that's kind of the... It's, it's exciting to mix things up sometimes, I feel. It's consistency that really, like, that really gets it. Like, true. I want, true. I want a set of emotes that look like they go together. <laughs> no, I get that. I you completely know? understand. Yeah. Rather than like six different crops of, of pictures that I happen to like at the time that have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really nice to have something consistent. And then you have, you feel like you just feel sort of, it completes your brand. It completes your image. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of just a nice it's sort of nice when you've decided on something You're like, Hey, I like this. This is what I want to do for the next couple of years. I also brainstormed quite a bit with Jesse about like, what types of emotes do we need in terms of like, I, I, it's the first time I really thought about it in terms of like the actual use case. Okay. Like, like why would someone want to use this emote in chat? Oh, okay. So it you was know? really trying to decide like, Hey, this is something that like, this I is something that think... people want to express in chat with an emote. Sure. Sure. That's a cool idea, but I don't want to, I don't want to talk about like what those are specifically, but I, no I did, I did describe them all specifically to the artist and she was like, cool, I got you. <laughs> so what a, what a, an actually really difficult thing to do. Yeah. To, that's, it's, it's kind of impressive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I was thinking that, like, it's one of the reasons I've, I've wanted to do this for a while, but it's one of the reasons I've put it off so much. Mm -hmm. is that um, it's really hard to think about like, okay, like what type of art do I want to even describe and what do I want it to look like? And then like, how do I, how do I convey the idea in my head to an artist who then has to like put form to it? Yeah. Like it's... there's so many, like I've went for so long, not even knowing what I wanted it to look like. And it was like, how am I going to ask an artist to do something when I don't even know what I want? Yeah. So that was part of the reason I had I needed uh, an assist from Jesse to like brainstorm and and figure out what we're doing. But I'm really happy with what we came out with. And I don't have access to it yet, but eventually three of them will be animated. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, they uh, I don't I don't uh, I don't have access to the animated emotes yet, but Twitch said they're supposed to be rolling it out for all affiliates by the end of the year. Okay. So I I figure I will either wait until those are available or I can just, you know, it's it's just going to be a gif so I can just use a still. True. And then yeah, you when, can make it just like dance around or whatever. <laughs> and then like when when I have the ability to upload the animated version of it, um then I can then I can upload the animated version of it. Yeah. Cuz like Animated emotes are out for like partners and some affiliates, but it's not out for everybody yet. So I figure eventually I'll get access to it. And until I, 
you know, I'll either get access to it before the before I actually get the emotes because it's going to take time to actually create them, mm-hmm. or it's going to um, or it's going to take a little bit longer, and I will just. I will just upload a still version of the emote for now, and then when I do get access to the animated version, then I'll just upload that because I'll have it, and Makes that'll sense. be fine. So that's cool that they're not locking it behind being like certain tiers of like there's the affiliate, then there's the partner, right, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, there's different tiers of subs to help get more emotes and all that stuff. I don't know. I, th- I think that that's kind of a weird way of handling how you get more emotes for your channel. I think it, it is. should just be I like mean, a time-based thing if they want to have some sort of tier. Like I don't know why it's based around It's because of the more it's because the more subscriptions you pull in, the more money you're making for Twitch, so the more bandwidth they allot you. I I mean calling it bandwidth is beyond comical, but yeah. <laughs> I mean considering that it's literally a 112 by 112 PNG image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like every single Twitch emote that and exists even... on Twitch would would be stored on a calculator. Yeah, basically. Yeah, th- like at this point, like, and even then, even then, at, even at 112 by 112, there's still size restrictions. I think it still can't be more than like 50 kilobytes or something like that. Right. Yeah, so that that just seems kind of weird to, to, to limit your community for no reason. Yeah, well, I mean, I get why they don't permit you to have like 100. Sure. Because that would actually add up a hundred times, however many millions of people stream like that is actually that's actually a decent chunk. But like I've got like five, so they can calm down. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, but anyway, that's, that's, that's just that's that's, just ex- that's exciting. I, I did that. I did got some other work done on a new contract that I got that I'm actually really enjoying, even though it's too boring to talk about here. Um <laughs> It's the type of work where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm good at this and I can do it easily and it pays well. And I, you know, yeah. And I, and I like the people that I'm working for. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all you can ask for in a normal job. Mm -hmm. So that's really like, what else did I do this week? I, um, I've been thinking about picking Darkest Dungeon back up. Oh, I heard the second one's coming out. It is out. Or is out. It's actually. it's out in early access, so it's like not done. Sure. But like it's out and playable. And but only supposedly on... supposedly really good and interesting. Different. But I heard I I was listening to a different podcast, um, and they were talking about playing it and how different it was, and it was like I it made me start thinking about Darkest Dungeon One and how I never finished it. Yeah. And was like Man, I don't want to go back to that. But also, it's been like two years since I played it, and I have a save game that's like halfway through. So it's like now it's the now it's that question of like, do I just start over? Yeah, you do. I think you do, I especially think you do. for a game like that where like you have a whole bunch of different characters and they all have different equipment and specialties, and I'm using them in specific ways, well, and, and I'm not going them... to remember what any of that is. <laughs> didn't you name them after people that watched the stream a lot too? Yes. People so that, that watched the stream two years ago. That's what I'm saying. It might be interesting to be to to change that up, or you could even have it be like some kind of channel points thing, like spend yeah, points, yeah. name your character in this. There know. is already there's already a, a spend a thousand channel points to name something in the game. So, oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, I could do that like three hundred times. Yeah, you sure could. <laughs> Almost four hundred, I think. 
eventually those points will be good for for making more game requests but i still have like a dozen left to go through and don't you worry i have not forgotten about requesting the sega master system uh earthworm jim brazil version wait was that really i played that yeah but you didn't finish it oh because i i told you i was going to make you play and you're like you're not going to remember that and i said yes i will I guess when I said you're not going to remember that, I meant I won't remember that. <laughs> that one's that's going to be the first thing I spend those points on. Excellent. <laughs> hey, well, I probably what? won't reactivate requests until like next year. You're like, never mind, I'm taking it away. <laughs> well, it's not there yet, but there's two more weeks for you to forget it. <laughs> or two more months, rather. God, you a know, month and a half. Jeez, it's like... I'm just this, prepping you for Kuso, okay? In terms of it, like, it is midway through this month, but by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the end of this month, and this is, like, the second to last month. It's almost 2022, man. It is, yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's almost, it, we, we, it's almost time to put together a tier list. Uh, yeah, I know, I was thinking, I was looking at what we're going to be doing for the rest of the, the year, and... Yeah, I was thinking about it yesterday, too. And we, we, we have, obviously, this week... And then we have something for next week sort of uh, thought about. Yes. But then after that, I was like, hmm, I don't know what we're doing. And then I was like, well, I guess there's only six episodes or something. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, there's that. like, if you if you count the tier list as one of the episodes left to do, there's like two episodes. There's like two or three episodes left. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's. We have to do, we, and we have to do an obligatory one of the seven uh, Home Alone games. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Last year, we did, like, all weirdly, vaguely Christmas-themed games. Yeah. And they were all bad. Yep. Like, like specifically, deliberately bad. (laughs) Well, okay. I'm not going to knock Home Alone too much, just because that was actually kind of fun. It's just that we found the really lame way to break it. And then it was not fun at all anymore. It was fine. I mean, for, like, a, a 1980s PC game, it was all right. Or I guess 19s. Was it early 90s? I think it was probably early 90s because Home Alone didn't come out till then, I think. I would guess probably mid-90s. Couldn't be mid-90s because I was, uh, er, I think trying to think of when I played it. Maybe. I guess that's possible. I don't remember now. We have the magic of the internet, which we are using to record this podcast. No. There's no way to know. It's impossible. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Oh. I forgot it's Manly and Associates. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> released right. in 91 yeah okay wait yeah 91 so i mean i mean it had to have been early because it was a it was a dos game that we emulated on like the internet archive where the nobody even owns it anymore and they're like yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> it's weird to think that a a licensed title like home alone would become abandoned where where nobody owns the rights <laughs> yeah like nobody cares anymore kevin it's it like it's one thing for like some random game made by like made by you know virtual brain software or something <laughs> sure is like okay they went out of business and their ips just are have no value so no one got them so yeah, it doesn't they're, matter they're just yeah they're literally now. making another home alone movie i think this year that's somehow a remake of the original which i have to say home alone falls apart entirely with modern technology so i'm not i, I mean it falls apart without modern technology well, but I it think, really falls apart i think that's kind of the point is like home alone is a thing that 
Home Alone is a concept that works, but not in the way that it was done before. Yeah, so, I, don't, like, I guess I know nothing about the new movie, so maybe they're going to play into that. or I, I'm sure they have to. There, there has what... to be a reason why it's like... There has to be some reason why there, why it's you can't just call the police on your cell phone. Does right? does there? I, I think the reasoning is that they're, they 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 want to sell toys. I mean, they they just made a Home Alone Lego set. It actually looks kind of no cool. no no. I mean, what I mean is like they won't really really answer that question. They ah. will just address it with the like with the two minute scene where the kid goes to the police to report the to report that there's a burglary planned at their house and the police yeah. are like, sure kid, whatever. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess they'll do that. Or they're going to, they're jamming the cell phone signals in this whole city. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it could be stupid like that. I actually hope it's all like... IP simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, there was, there's this movie. I think it was, was it called the accountant? It was about someone. It was during that time where um, they were trying to highlight like, various special needs types of things and so it was some guy who ha it was like he has i don't know i think he just has adhd but he's some master assassin because he has adhd um and and it was okay. it was it was sort of this awkward time in movies and storytelling where they're like well obviously these people they, they they're they're not quote unquote normal so they must have super special abilities that makes them all savants at something right yeah and it's, it's like well no they're, they're just they're just regular people but yeah. um so the, there's a really dumb part in it where this person has, like, a computer from Best Buy. It's just, like, some regular computer. And they're like, yeah, they hacked the Pentagon with this thing. I'm like, no, no, they didn't. <laughs> they're not hacking the computer with this. <laughs> and it's, like, really frustrating to me when movies have those kinds of, like, I don't want to call them plot holes because the whole movie is basically just stupid. But it's, it's, I don't know. I guess it would be fine if Home Alone wanted to <laughs> tell some dumb version of Home Alone where the super agents have launched an EMP. And then the big takeaway is that some child's getting his house attacked. I don't have a clue. Oh, that would totally be it too. It wouldn't be some like, it wouldn't be some like bumbling local burglars. It would be like some special ops team yeah. that is like outsmarted by a kid with a phone and like an RC car. I think that's actually the, I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure that's the storyline of home alone three where they, they do the classic briefcases are switched at the airport. Yeah. And the kid accidentally yeah, yeah, yeah. takes and home. it's a different kid. Yeah. And the, yeah, well, it couldn't be Macaulay Culkin. He'd be like. He would have been, been like 19 20, by that point. Yeah, something, yeah. I suppose it could have been. What am I talking about? Anyways. And, and, and it's like they, they, the, the microchip in the card, the car, yeah, yeah. the RC car is like nuclear launch codes or something stupid. I, I, uh. I remember Home Alone 3 because I did actually see that movie. That was that was one of those things that just like, you know, I think my, I saw, my parents I would I go to the sure. movie store and just come home with whatever happened to be on the shelf. Yeah, of course. It's like, you know, here's this was in the dollar movie section. Just watch Enjoy. it. <laughs> and I was like, it's same thing with games. The reason why I got so many like crap games growing up and why I'm, why I have like a weird torch for a lot of them. Yeah. So Home Alone 3 ended up in my in my possession for a couple of days. And I remember being like not very old, like maybe like 12. No, wait, we we had to have been older than that. Home let me see. Maybe maybe you're right. Home Alone 3. I don't think much No, you're probably time, right. I don't no, you're think right. much was, time yeah, yeah, passed. yeah. 12 it would have been about 12. Yeah. Yeah, it, it came 97. out in 97, so I would have been Yeah, no, I'd have been 11. 
yeah. when it came yeah, out. You're right. I guess I, I guess I was old enough where it was. I I wanted to see it because I liked Home Alone, but it was also stupid enough where I or I was old enough where the like the dumbness of it was <laughs> kind of frustrating. You know what? I saw it as like a rental, so that's probably why I was thinking it was a yeah. little bit older because I could have seen it in '99 or something. Yeah, like you that. could totally have seen it much later. Um, I didn't see that one in the theater. If that's if it was in the theater, I don't know if it. it I don't know if it came DVD. out in the theater. Scarlett. Oh Joe no, Hansen it did. Was in it. That's that weird. That doesn't sound right. Was she like the bad guy? She might have been the mom. Was she? Was she part of the? No, not ninety-seven. Inept... She wouldn't have been mom age in ninety-seven. I think she might be part of the inept group of criminals. <laughs> or no, no way. Where, where, let's see. Oh, Molly Pruitt, the older sister, the older sister of the main character. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense for like how old she would have been at the time. That's funny to think about. Wow, it's it's you're super right. It, the plot actually is there's a top secret computer chip in his toy car. <laughs> yeah, that's I was what not I remember. even thinking that. I remember watching Home Alone three, and it's the first time <laughs> that I can remember like recognizing that a movie is trying to make some sort of political point. Because <laughs> I I will remember this forever. Where it's like, it's the most heavy-handed thing ever. With it, they're, These guys are like super spies. And they, well, they're spies. Let's not call them super, because four of them well, got outsmarted by a kid. They're supposed but, to be. I mean, that's what, that is what they are supposed to be. They are supposed to be. So they have guns, Yeah, right? they, have, they definitely have real guns. They, these aren't like two morons that are trying to steal Yeah, it was like a crowbar. Right. And, and a they shovel. Have like auto, they have like automatic weapons and they're okay with murder. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this should not have been a problem. <laughs> like, the end of this movie is a dead child and that's it. Yeah. So there is a scene where like the kid has like a toy gun, which is like a squirt gun. Yeah. And it, uh, it happens to look like the spy's gun because that was a thing you could do at the time and not worry about getting killed by the cops. <laughs> sure. Um... Or well, at least the, the the as far as we knew it, that was. The yeah, case. Well, I mean, <laughs> that particular child wouldn't have probably had to worry about it too much. But oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but there's a scene where the guns get switched, and yes. and the kid has the gun like pointed at one of the at one of the people in like the basement or something. Oh, doesn't he look at the screen or something weird? The- and like. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. So, he basically is like, hey, get out of here, I have your gun, and he's pointing it at them, and they, you know, they've got their arms raised, and they're like, don't shoot. Yeah. And then he just lets them leave, and then he, like, you know, he pulls the trigger a couple times to show that it's the squirt gun, right? hmm But then the real gun is, like, also in the room, and he picks it up and very deliberately says, Yuck. And drops it in the trash can. Yeah, okay, that's right, that's right. And I'm like, I'm 12 years old, and I'm like, wow, they wanted to make that point. (laughs) And like, hey, I'm all, like, I'm on board with that, but like, boy, that is the most heavy-handed messaging I think I have ever seen. (laughs) No, the only way it could have been worse is if it was what I was thinking, where he looked at the screen and said, yuck, like, as if talking to the audience. He may have. Because I, I, I don't know why I have a memory of that, but it's, I, I want to say it could just be, you know, memory is very faulty yep. as, yes, as time yes. goes. So, uh, 
Yeah, he I, may. I it know. may have been a literal fourth wall break at the actual screen. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, the geez. only the only thing they could have made it more deliberate is like if there had been a laugh track applause <laughs> of like audience cheering after he did it. Just and then you don't use it anywhere else. There's just like there's just like applause and cheering from nowhere after he does it. Yeah, then it's just a Deadpool movie. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Oh jeez. Why the hell are we talking about Home Alone Three? Um well it's because we're gonna be playing maybe one of the other fantastic Home Alone games because Home Alone hat was made by as we talked about last year, there's like five different games all made by different people. We should play one of the uh, we should play one of the weird later ones. I want to I actually think it'd be cool to play the one where you like it's like an overworld map where you're trying to. I think that's the NES one. Yeah, you're you're like setting up traps at different houses and you use your sled to like ride around the overworld as as you try to out or as you try to get ahead of the the uh, the sticky bandits, I believe they're called or they call themselves or one of them does. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't they change? They're the wet bandits in one, but do they oh, change yeah, it bandits, or are they different bandits? bandits? Oh, don't they have their, their hands are sticky at some point and he like steals. A I bunch feel of, like, I feel like there's a line in home alone too, where they're like, we're the sticky bandits now. I think you might be right. I might be, I might be confusing my home alone lore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are words that shouldn't go next to each other. Oh no. <laughs> But we can we can save our home alone chat because I'm sure I feel like this will probably happen now that we've talked about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we foreshadowed it, so there's no getting away from it now. No, uh, but yeah, it's it's the the year is the year is the year is almost over. It's kind of exciting. It is. It's it sort is of almost... fun. It's kind of weird. It's, it's it's that it's that time where you look back and you're like, huh, what, where'd it go? But then you're also excited because cool stuff's happening. This is like. This is the it, like 2021 has not been a great year by any stretch, but like it's probably the first year that I can remember where I'm like, oh, my God, this year has been so much worse than last year. And next year looks like it's going to be even worse. <laughs> like that pessimism is like temporarily halted. Yeah. Like everything's not great, but it's not like on fire and the fire is not encroaching in all areas (laughs) so it's like you know it It could be worse it doesn't feel like improvement but it feels like the bleeding has stopped somewhat yeah Yeah, so that's that's nice on on and and then there's going to be just from a purely obviously these are the, the 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 important reasons to be excited about living is the lineup of nintendo games coming out supposedly next year (laughs) The I'm really excited for the the Kirby game, and that's going to be yeah, supposedly uh, the supposedly next that's year. next year. Supposedly Breath of the Wild is next year. Supposedly Bayonetta is next year. I feel um, like Bayonetta is actually for real next year. It kind of Wild, has to be. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, Breath of the Wild. I'm still not sure when that will come out for real because I, I I I don't know why, but I just feel like they're going to do the whole. Hey, it's released on the Switch, but it's also released on Super Nintendo Switch yeah, too. Yeah, that that's very possible. I mean, it's they've done that with Zelda games a lot. They did it yep. with Twilight Princess. They did it with Breath of the Wild. They've done it with every system except that they've released. It feels like except for the Wii U, but the Wii U is, I mean, Nintendo doesn't even like the Wii U. They never did. It's true. <laughs> they wanted to, but ba- based on but how no one else did, it, so they didn't either. 
Yeah, they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> we'll just chalk this one up as a loss, guys. Forget about it. So, uh, do you have anything that you would like to discuss for this week, or can I drop a bait mail on you? No, let's do, let's do that, yeah. Let's do a little mail. All right. Cue the Paperboy theme. Yes, yes, yes. Because I almost forgot to upload that on last week's, but I... I... I, uh, I, I, I re-rendered the footage just to get the Paperboy theme in there. Worth. Because I like, I like having it as, like, the male theme. All right, so uh, Swoggles continues the chain combo. Okay. And says, I'm sorry to keep spamming you, but I had another question. Mm. Um, this one's much simpler than uh, than last week's like oh, so we don't have to talk like all like because <laughs> like i feel the like episode sometimes i think we, we get a little too deep into what we're saying and then it's like okay i don't actually care i was asking us like the, like the question doesn't need to be answered <laughs> in this way it does not need to be 25 percent of the podcast it could be like three like this isn't your this isn't a dissertation folks just yeah. answer the question <laughs> it was an interesting question though i think that's why we went into it but yeah. this one is uh this one is much more straightforward uh if you could have a game remade in the style of another game what would you choose <laughs> i don't i don't know cuz usually the game that i want is in the style that i want it in so I, I guess you could think about Castlevania as kind of a perfect example, though, where it was Castlevania was remade as more of an action adventure game, and I think it made it a million times better. In I terms think of... I think what they might be what they might be angling at is specifically visual style. They don't say that, oh. but they but they the examples that they give are a Zelda game in the style of Shadow of the Colossus, or mm. Chrono Trigger in the style of Persona Five. No. I also don't. I also feel like those are not congruent things. Those those games both have their own styles that belong to them. Yeah, because a lot of times this. So what I feel like this is a sort of a. Oh man, I really like these two games, and I'd want to see them combined in some way. Is what, yeah, possibly. Is what it feels like. Hmm. Um, Zelda game in the style of Shadow of the Colossus is sort of interesting, but I also feel like that's more or less what Breath of the Wild is. That's what I was about to say. I feel like Breath of the Wild is actually just a better Shadow of the Colossus in terms of what you get to do in the overworld along with, like, fighting the big monster and stuff. Better is a scary word to use in reference to Shadow of the Colossus, but I... Oh, I, sure, sure. I, I, it, I never... It definitely, like, definitely in the sense that it gives you more... There's more game. It's... I mean, it's not even actually fair to compare the two because they're vastly different experiences. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mean better. Like every, I, I know someone right now is grinding their teeth. Just well, that's why fight. it's bait mail. It's I to suppose. bait out the hate mail. <laughs> because I just never really got into Shadow of the Colossus, which is why I opted oh, for better. Yeah, um, I don't know. I like Shadow of the Colossus a lot, but I do think that it's overrated. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, I, you know, I have I have an answer, and the answer is <laughs> almost any game that Arc System Works then draws instead of whoever usually does it. True. <laughs> I know that's co a cop out because we talked about that last week, but I can't help it. I, I there's like there was a Guilty Gear Strive trailer for some new character that I know nothing about because I only played I played one version of Guilty Gear that somehow somebody I knew got some weird like demo version of the of a early access something on ps2 and it was like some i don't know how it got into my hands but it was like some 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 developer version of one of uh 
a Guilty Gear game on, I want to say, PS2. And I remember mm. playing that. So I know nothing about the Guilty Gear universe. But the the trailer was like, wow, this is this is this is a pretty this is a pretty game. Yep, I, I, I like the, I like the visuals of this game. I got into uh, I got into Guilty Gear X a little bit, which yeah. is to say that I learned a couple of combos with like one character. Sure, sure. Um, and had a lot of fun with it. Like I think that game's cool. I think all of those games are cool. It just you know I've probably talked about it a dozen times on the podcast. Just I don't have the time to pour into fighting games. Yeah, and and but but my God. Arc System Works makes some, some, some pretty stuff. Everything that they have worked on, I have ended up liking more than I liked before they started working on it. Yeah. Yep. Fair. Um. So I have a I have a thought, and this is a this is a fun one. Okay. Um. Mega Man. Okay. But Metroid. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like Metroid because they're basically it does, the same character. Right. <laughs> Like, right down to the arm cannon. Yep. But, like, sure. a Mega Man game that is a that is a Metroidvania-style Metroid game. I will where, play like, a Metroidvania a big, of anything. There's a big open map to explore, and instead of finding the... Instead of finding your powers in the on the Chozo statues, it's you just make your way to a boss, and all of the disparate areas are just the different boss levels sure. that you have to go through that you have to go through to get to them. Only in this case, like, you know how in some Mega Man games, there's like, there's certain walls and things that you have to have certain powers to break and then you get certain power ups. Yeah. So like that, but as a single interconnected map. Oh, yeah. Where you have you have like your your eight robot masters or your Mavericks or whatever, whatever, whichever Mega Man timeline we're going to use and whatever we're calling the the robot bad guys where you get your powers. (laughs) Yep. Um. Like they all have their own zones. They're all, they're all their own themed areas, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and you go through and you explore all of those areas, but you don't just go through them one at a time. You have to like dip in and out and get different powers from different places. And then like your big upgrades are hidden at the end of those areas where you fight one of the you fight one of the bosses, and then you get their power, which then allows you to access other parts of the map and get into the other bosses. Yeah, they could even make it so that the power-ups, like, they could have the power-ups. You don't even have to have, like, hidden rooms or, you know, the breakable walls and stuff. It could just be the power-ups open up those rooms instead. Yeah. I think yeah. my least favorite part of Metroidvanias is hitting every single wall like a moron. Yes. I think that's, I don't like it. And I'm almost always like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not It's not even that exciting to find it because you're sort of like, great, I, I hit this wall randomly and it now up. Now I can continue walking. Right. So I, I'm not a big fan of that. So yeah, I'm not that'd, either. that'd be cool. I'm not either. And Dread did like the best job of making it not painful, but it yeah, still I, wasn't, I still wouldn't call it fun. Yeah, well, they didn't do it too often. And most of the time yeah. it was fairly obvious that it was yeah. like, hey, here's a thing you have to get. It's usually like they did it in the way that like it's usually like here's one line of bricks behind an area that you need to go through. And it's like, oh, that. OK, we'll just shoot that out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there was only one time in my playthrough that I actually got stuck by it, and the rest of them were, like, really obvious. Yeah. So I'm, so. I'm cool with that. And actually, you know, Harmony of uh, Dissonance, the Castlevania game, they it, there's I don't think there's any breakable walls in that one. It's really nice. Mm, that is I'm, nice. I'm a, fan. I'm a fan of that. Speaking of Castlevania, I have a weird question for you before we start talking about Castlevania. Okay. Did you see the stuff about this Popeye game? <laughs> no. 
There's a brand new Popeye game. For real? Yeah. It's out on it's out on Switch. Like it is uh it is out on you know, like I I'm PC, I think. Um po- Popeye? Popeye. Why? No one knows who's making it. I'm not sure about that either. What? I'm very confused. You should be. Um I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I, I'm going to assume okay. that I'm going to assume that the um, the reason that it exists might have something. It might be one of those things where, you know how like Sony has the rights to Spider-Man yes. and Marvel sold them this like perpetual rights thing where it's like, as long as you keep making stuff, you have the rights forever. Yeah. Um, I feel like it might be something like that where they had to just make something with the IP just to like prove that they were using the IP in some way. Okay. But like, but there was not, a, there was not any actual effort or thought put into it. I'm, I'm <laughs> sending you a YouTube video and it's like 20 minutes long, but, uh, you can just kind of like click through and, and watch, like see what's going on every like you know, a couple of minutes or so. Oh, the game's really, really ugly. You know, some people, some people like they'll, they'll, they'll be looking at a new game be like, oh, this looks like something that could have been played on the previous generation. Mm-hmm. But this is an instance where, yeah, this could have been played on. It's close to PS1. Oh. Yeah, it's it's like PS. I'd say I'd give it PS2. Early PS2. Bad <laughs> PS2. Yeah, like it's to be fair, the textures are smoother than a PS2 game. But my God. So he's just walking around an empty Yes. Desert town collecting hearts. I don't, I don't understand. That's the game. Then you have to spell stuff sometimes. Okay. So I, I Googled it now. Uh huh. Popeye game to set long developers of the hit switch game calculator are making a Popeye game. Yeah, it is those people. You remember that time that, the, that the, some people put out a, uh, a calculator app on the switch for $10. I hate that that's probably made them enough money to, <laughs> to never do anything To purchase again. the Popeye IP? <laughs> like, what? So this is a game where there are, there are three maps, um, an island, an island with a town, and a ship. And the gameplay on... The, there is one song... There is, and there is one objective in each, in each area, which is to walk around a dead world with like one enemy on the map, sometimes two, um, sometimes it's Bluto, sometimes it's Bluto and a vulture. Yep. And once in a while it's Bluto, a vulture and a witch. Okay, sure. Um, and they just kind of slowly meander around the map and you can um, you have a punch button that doesn't do anything unless you find a spinach on the ground first. And then you just literally one punch something into the ocean and then they and then they just don't bother you for a few minutes while you continue to walk around and collect hearts. Or if you're on the ship level, uh, you collect letters to spell out a phrase like uh, Popeye, I love you. Or every girl loves a sailor. <laughs> or in or apparently if you play for long enough, uh, it just starts randomly generating sentences like 
glow sticks have dreams. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, so that that's a game that came out this month. And I feel like that shouldn't have. It shouldn't have for uh, for Yikes. any number of reasons. Yikes. But it's it's fun just to to stay abreast of the fact that sometimes sometimes garbage like this comes out and tries to tries to take your money. Sometimes Popeye gets <laughs> a game in 2021. <laughs> yep. And just the sheer fact that like it's so obvious that it's like, OK, what can we siphon some what can we siphon some money from by like using an IP that people have vaguely heard of? So it'll get like some attention. Man, no kid of today has ever heard of it. So it's nope. it's actually just preying on people that are buying things ironically, like a $10 calculator or the grandparents. But this is not a physical game. So how is a grandparent even going to buy it for their grandkids? That's a good point, actually. Right? Like, it's that's honest, That's honestly a good point. It's literally just for the ironic lulls of posting a picture of you having played it or something. <laughs> there's there's no reason anyone ever buys this game because they think it's going to be a decent game. Ever. It's not even it's not even it's not even a so bad it's good situation. Or like, oh, it's, this is really funny. Like, there's going to yeah. be some moments that are stupid, but they purposely tried to make them stupid or something you know like I mean? the the literal like first time that i saw the literal first time that i saw the like uppercut that like yeets someone into the ocean <laughs> yeah i saw that i, did, I was like I oh that's that. kind of funny sure but that's that's literally no that's painful that's that's once that happens that happens once and it's like oh that's kind of funny and that's like the only enjoyable thing in the whole game yeah that's that's a rough one so that exists well, thanks. Um, that's I really guess. all I have to say about that. Um, they're selling it for thirteen dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they sold a calculator for ten, so I guess by that metric, yeah. it's a steal. Actually, so if it, you I think of it that way, this game—they're really saying this game is worth three dollars. Yeah, because yeah, apparently, ten dollars is zero dollars for them. Right. Wow. So I played Castlevania Rondo of Blood yesterday. Nice. And... I played it a very long time ago. Well, not very long. It was like two years ago, when I, or maybe. Yeah, around then it was uh, when it was released as part of the what was it called the Castlevania? Uh, oh God, I can't think of which which iteration. What uh, what platform Requiem. was it on? I played it on PS4, so it was a combination PS4, of Symphony of the okay. Night and Rondo of Blood, because technically Rondo of Blood is a prequel to to Symphony of the yes. Night. Yes, yeah, which was interesting because I I recognized that towards the very end, but we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, I know nothing, and I didn't really learn, I didn't look anything up for the most part, but I don't know pretty much anything about the Castlevania lore, the story or anything. I, I, I know some of the characters are consistent, and I know there's some stuff that happens, but otherwise, I each game is mostly just a fun action game to play, as far as I'm concerned. Honestly, same. There, you know, there's, there's the Belmondo family. Sure. And there's Dracula, <laughs> and there's a Belmont killing Dracula, except for that one time that the Belmont became a Dracula. Yeah, and sometimes there's like other characters, like uh, there's the Nathan guy, uh, and the and the Soma dude. <laughs> and uh, did you, I assume you played Portrait of Ruin. Yeah. So oh, yeah. there's so there's Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Charlotte. Jonathan. Charlotte. <laughs> but I I it's it's weird because usually I kind of like diving into the story of games even mm -hmm. when they don't have one in the the game itself too much. Sure. 
But for the Castlevania games, I, mean, I well, first of all, I don't like the normal Castlevania games at all. I, I in fact, I really hate Fair. them. They're way too. They're way too. Uh, a product of their time for me like commit jumps getting hit by stuff dying restarting all over it's it's like the worst it's like the worst of nes style games as far as i is that's is, is yeah where i sit it has everything that you hate about old pl- platforming games or everything you love if, if that's and they're very punishing uh, yeah exactly that's they're what I mean. extremely it's- punishing the uh the the famous nes get knocked back by the flying enemy into a death pit yeah, it's it's actually how the levels are designed. And Rondo of Rondo of Blood is really cool because there's like four different routes to every stage, and it was made for the the extremely popular TurboGrafx sixteen, so also like known as the PC engine outside yeah, of the outside of the US, where it was actually more popular, but still not like particularly successful. <laughs> no, yeah, this is that that's what made Rondo of Blood a rare game is that it was on a console that was not super successful so it was yeah. hard to get a hold of and then they mm-hmm. i believe it was concluded in the castlevania symphony of the night collection on psp then i want to say it was on nintendo wii at some point uh yes and... i actually so the wii is actually where i played it first oh cool nice um so i actually had it there and i played probably three or four stages of it at that yeah. time um and was impressed because there's like full ass anime cutscenes in that yeah that's I, rondo of blood is like if you want to experience an old castlevania game rondo of blood i feel like is the one to play i think that's probably i think that's accurate I, yeah, it's, and I, it again, actually I'm not you alleviates a lot of the stuff that you're talking about um yeah that's true i, the, I didn't have, unfair, i did play through it. the unfair level design of like falling into pits and stuff yeah that's still there but i do think that they have like unlimited continues from like the beginnings yeah. of each stage no, I mean, I. it's the only, it's truly the only Castlevania game outside of the Metroidvanias that I've ever finished. Because mm. I, I played through Dracula, oh, that's not true, I did, I guess I played through Dracula X, but I, I only did that uh, because I wanted the, the trophy for beating it, and okay, so that, I'm, that had, like, rewind features, so. But, like, okay, so I'm pretty sure that Dracula X and Rondo of Blood are the same game. They are not. So, Rondo of Blood, well, they technically sort of are but they're technically sort of not so rondo of blood was the pc engine then they right and that is called dracula x then in japan i believe it's called dracula x if i'm not mistaken i thought it was rondo of blood dracula x or vice versa well i think it's castle it's like akumajo dracula x chino rondo right so i think it's dracula x rondo of blood right yeah and then they then they remade it or they they ported it to super nintendo but they they and that one's dracula x that's dracula double x in japan what america it's known as dracula x because like rondo of blood was not released outside of japan i don't believe okay uh maybe it was released yeah i don't think it was really yeah it was not released outside of japan until the probably the psp collection if if i'm getting my (laughs) my memory not completely mixed up yeah, so yeah, yeah, okay. Dracula X on the Super Nintendo, it's theoretically it's the same game, but the all the levels are different. There's not nearly as much variation in ter- like there's not as many routes. You mm-hmm. can't play as Maria. It's it's harder um because it's shorter. Beca- it's harder because you can't play as Maria. Well, that too, yeah. And Dracula X, I think it's called Vampire's Kiss in Europe. So it's it's called Dracula okay. X in America. It's called Dracula Double X in Japan. It's called uh-huh. Dracula's Vampire's Kiss in in Europe. And technically, and it, none of those are the game that we played. And none of them are the game we played, right? Because <laughs> even the story is different. <laughs> oh, that's that's actually wild. It doesn't. Um, it does not lead into uh, 
it does not lead into symphony symphony of the night and the final boss is a is a is a terrible experience i really hate the, the final boss of dracula x on super nintendo is um it's a room with a bunch of pillars and then death pits and then dracula kind of flies around and you it's it's absolutely miserable if i was using i was playing it on the new advanced collection mm-hmm. and it had a rewind time feature and all i can say is thank god because i don't know if i would have suffered through it. it it was it was not fun so i'm really happy you played rondo of blood because i know we kind of left it up in the air which one you were gonna play for yeah sure. i think really i think we're gonna like we were talking about it and we realized that we hadn't actually done in like a year and a half of podcast one castlevania game at any point and yeah, we were first... like that's kind of wild actually <laughs> yes well especially because I, I we both really enjoy metroidvanias and yeah. castlevania is kind of like a staple of gaming yeah 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 so it's it's first castlevania game and first and maybe only TurboGrafx 16 game. I imagine we can get some more PC engine in here at some point. I think so, yeah. I think it's an underrated console. I like not in terms of like obviously its success, but I think there's like I've seen decent stuff on it. Oh, it's not a matter of it is for me, it's not a matter of it being underrated or overrated or any of that. I just literally have never played games from it and that we can, I, th- we can I that. think that makes it fertile ground i suppose you're right we can we can throw the 3do in there next yeah <laughs> <laughs> some jaguar classic sure <laughs> we're still we're still struggling to find a decent saturn game so true um, I, I feel like somebody out there listening to this will message us at some point and say, hey, you should play this. We had one that I wanted to play. Rangers. Yeah, that's what I was, I was about to say. The Ranger, the game, I couldn't think of the burning part. Yeah. Um, I want to play that. I do actually want to play that. The literal only thing I know about Burning Rangers is that theme. Yeah, me too. And yeah. it's it's a good theme, so I want I to know. It's very 90s Sega music. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that there's actually... there? Oh, shoot. Oh, oh, no, no, my, the thought, the thought has left me, but it was a Saturn exclusive version of one of the Castlevania games. I wrote a note and I have to find where I wrote it now. Crap. Mm-hmm. Well, forget it. Pretend I didn't say anything because it's stupid. okay. That's fine. <laughs> so just continue. With I'm what sure you were, it was uh... fine. But yeah, I, like what I was, what I was going to say is, oh, I... no, I remember. I remember. Okay. We'll get back Sorry. to that. Symphony of the Night. Did you know there's a, the Saturn version of Symphony of the Night has Maria as a playable character? I have heard that before. I didn't know that. I actually didn't even connect <laughs> the Maria from Symphony of the Night as the same Maria because again, yeah. I don't pay attention to anything. And she looks, you know, she's not like a twelve-year-old girl. She's apparently well in Japan. Once you're over sixteen, you're like a full adult, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and so it's five years after that, so she looks so different. And I didn't even, I, like, yeah. I didn't so she's think about so she's seventeen, person. but looks thirty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's. I thought that was cool that she's a playable character in in certain versions of symphony of the night. Yeah. So I, I knew about that. I'd heard that before, but I wonder if she plays differently. Well, I, I mean, have no idea. obviously she plays differently. I, what I mean is I wonder if she plays differently in terms of like, does, does she, she still birds? <laughs> does she still have like collectible powers the way that Alucard does? Mm, it's probably more like Belmont when you play as Richter, right? Where it's, she has like a set toolkit from the yeah, beginning or something. That's what like I'm that. thinking. But also, is she completely OP the way she is in Rondo of Blood? Because holy crap, <laughs> she makes Rondo of Blood actually kind of fun to play. Yeah, and that she says does. a lot because I really don't like those Castlevania games truly. And, and, and she really just should have been the main character. Yeah, absolutely. 
But it would have awesome. been a very different experience. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I, like, let's rewind a bit. Like, Rondo Blood is a is a classic style Castlevania game. You can really, it's interesting because you can really see some of the designs that they just pull straight out of this and put them straight into Symphony. Yeah, like some of the the axe knights and stuff, and some of their animations and the way that they the way they move and behave. It's like, oh, that's that's like carbon copied. It's 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 really awesome to like see them next to each other or to mm-hmm. to to realize that they're connected because it I I again this is this was fairly recent in the last couple of years that I knew that they were even connected. I always picture them all just being individual experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think they all are on like a they're all on a big timeline. Yeah, but I feel like it's also kind of a Hyrule Historia type of timeline where it's like they made a bunch of games under the same name first and then tried to connect them later. Yeah, except for this. These two feel like they're direct. Like this is the, one of the experiences where Rondo of Blood is 100 percent the prequel to Symphony oh, of the yeah. Night. To like, the point where you play through the end of Rondo at the beginning of Symphony. Yeah. And so you're I, doing that final boss fight and I'm like, why is this so familiar? Oh, yeah, it actually brought a big smile to my face when I when I played through the game and got there's like, oh, oh, my God. In, in Dracula's doing the pose. How did I not know this? He's he's about to he's about to tell the monster to die. I'm so excited. Uh huh. And then he doesn't. And it's kind of it's kind of sad. But then there's, oh, in my head, he did, though. So like Dracula's doing the pose. He's like head on hand, legs crossed. He doesn't have the wine glass, but he may as well. Um, And the there is a scene after you beat him where there's a whole like dialogue between the two of them. And it's all in Japanese, so I don't know what they're saying. But I feel like that <laughs> might be where the die monster. You don't belong in this world. Dialogue goes. Because I, I like with what limited Japanese I can understand, I hear uh, I hear Dracula talking a lot about humans, humans. So like, you know, the Ningen gets thrown around quite a bit. Yeah, it's 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 and I and there's a there's a point where, like, I feel like I heard Richter say, like, Iranai. Mm. So I'm like, is that mankind doesn't need a savior like you? It's, Mankind it sounds, still needs a savior such as you. Such as you. Yeah, I was going to say that the, it sounds way better in Japanese, no matter what. <laughs> like, I feel like there's there's something like a like like he might be saying, like, humans don't need you or something like that. Yeah. So I feel like that might be where that line comes from. I don't. So I played through this in English, but it was now long enough, long enough ago that I don't remember what dialogue they had because they've also changed the dialogue. Oh, of course. From yeah. The the original English PlayStation dialogue, because, you know, it's actually bad, but it's also the best dialogue ever. Yes. It's, yes. it's one of those things where I feel like they almost shouldn't have re- they shouldn't have altered it because it's so silly and iconic. Mm hmm. But, you know, what can yeah, you do? Yeah, don't make this better. Right, like, it, it's already perfect, truly. Yeah. Nobody it's like playing when, this expects uh, it, it to be good. It, it's almost like when uh, when Devolver remade uh, Metal Wolf Chaos. And it's like, oh. don't you touch any of that dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they had remade Metal Wolf Chaos, but actually, like, recast it to be, like, Richard. normal. If yeah. they had made it normal, it would have been terrible. There'd be no reason to play it. I mean, it was, it was, it is one of those examples of watching something because it's bad, not because it's good. Yeah. Right. Because like it's, just, it's, it's so bad as to be like bizarre. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, Symphony of the Night is an amazing game to play, so the dialogue being, like, the voice acting being bad is irrelevant. Yeah. Well, especially considering that, like, it's ni- it's the mid-90s, and the fact that you can hear voices coming out of your game is actually amazing. Yeah, it was, it was cool. So, like, that's, that, that's perfectly, that's perfectly acceptable. That's, that's iconic. Never change it. <laughs> but it was cool to get to the end of it and see that that's a thing. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that, so I, I finished the game and I got like 64% or 68% or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I played a couple of, I did the whole thing as Richter. Oh, wow. And nice. then I, mostly because I didn't know how to switch to Maria, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was something that I could do like mid game with a button. And I was like, mm. I can't find the button. So I guess it's not working, but no, there's just an actual character select. Yep. Yep. Um, so I went through the whole game as Richter and then went back in to see what my completion percentage was and saw that it was like 60 something. And so I went through and, and was like, Oh, there's, there's player select. And now I can select Maria. Mm-hmm. And I did a couple of stages as her. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so trivial. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. <laughs> it. This is, it is so like I went, in, I jumped back in. The first thing I did is I redid the, um, I redid the Dracula fight. Yeah. Which took me like an hour and a half with Richter. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> and it's stupid because like, I hate that fight because he has two attacks and it, you know exactly what they both are and exactly how to beat them. But like the timing has to be perfect every time. And you just have to keep doing it over and over. Yep. With like no mistakes. You have like, you can get hit by like five times. You have like no margin for error. No, it's 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 rough. And but, like but it's, Maria's like, nah, check this shit out. It's the worst kind of hard where like with Richter, you have to time everything out perfectly for the whole fight. And and Maria's like, hey, not only do I do double damage because the because the birds do like damage on on like hit and return and return. Yeah. But also double jump, yo. Yeah, exactly. I will jump double over- jump. I will jump over all these fireballs and it will be no problem. The double jump. It's it's it was such a fun realization for me because it breaks the game. It like it absolutely breaks, the breaks game. everything. It's so it's great. And the fact that she can attack slightly on an angle, like above her and below her and stuff. Yep. It, it destroys all of the the really annoying, obnoxious parts that you have to get through as Richter. Yeah, there is a part. There was a point where I got stuck in the in stage seven. That was like a, uh, that was, it was like a, there's the pendulum. So you have to jump across yes. the pendulums. Yep. Um, so Maria could just double jump up onto a pendulum and move on. <laughs> yeah. Richter has to like, cl- like has to like walk across the platforms, jump back down into a pit, climb up a different set of stairs and oh, then jump and then do a whole like jumping sequence across a couple of pendulums. Yep. To do the same thing where Maria's just like, jump, jump, jump. <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. It like, I I can't believe, like, Maria feels like one of the characters that they add in, like, in later, um, like, Ega-style Castlevanias mm-hmm. that have all the powers. Like, playing Richter in Symphony. Sure. Or in, yeah, uh, or in, uh, in Symphony. Yeah, in Symphony. Yeah. 
Yeah, where you, you basically just fly through the entire game in five minutes if you know what to do. Yeah, you already have all the powers you need. You don't have to collect anything. You just, like, you have everything you need already. Just go. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun. But that's a thing that you get by completing the game. So you can just go back through and just, like, and, you know. Yeah, to add more content, all that stuff. And just wipe everything. So it's a fun new way to play the game, but it's also to play it as more of a platformer rather than exploration based mm-hmm. because you're completely overpowered the entire time. Yeah. And it's, that's it's, great. And Maria feels like that. She feels like a character that you should have unlocked by beating the game, but not one that you unlock in stage two. It's stage two. Yep. She's right there. You just give her, get the key out and it's all good. Now, now that now your playthrough will be fun. <laughs> she's adorable though. Yeah. Like that that cutscene where you actually see her, she's like, yep. like, and did you did you actually beat Dracula as her? Because you get a different ending. You do, yeah. And there's different music and everything. And the like, the the staff roll, the font that they use for the credits when you beat the game as Maria, mm-hmm. you get this like ch- you get this like cheery J-pop theme, and the <laughs> font looks like you just beat a puzzle game involving like it looks like you beat Bubble Bobble. <laughs> oh my god. Like, it looks like you beat a game involving, like, some sort of, like, puzzles with, like, something fluffy or soft or candy, and you collected a lot of fruit along the way. <laughs> yeah, not not murder Dracula. Well, as murder as you can murder him. I, you, you, he's sleeping. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's, he's doing Dracula things. Okay, so here's, here's a, here's another angle to approach. Um... This game is one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. Oh, God, I'm so happy you brought it up because it's my favorite part of the whole game, actually. I by love far. the soundtrack. It's, you know, it's made by like, there's like four, four people were a part of the soundtrack, like as individuals that all did different tracks and stuff. And the, the one that everybody knows is, of course, um, is, is, of course, the, the, the Divine Bloodline stage, probably because the majority of people who play Castlevania games maybe get to like stage three and then stop playing. And so the, the, the opening, I've done that the opening, right? Like the opening music to this game on that first stage, when you, that ride first in on riff, cart, that so first sick. guitar riff is it's... just like, Oh, Oh, this is a completely different feeling than I thought we were going for. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the introduction to, um, I don't know, like an anime, like an eighties anime type thing or something. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it just dives right into the bloodline sound. It's, it's freaking awesome. Like it really sets the mood of oh yeah this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a good time I mean all Castlevania games have pretty incredible music they do and I think what sets this one apart is it basically is just like here have like this is basically the Castlevania greatest hits collection yeah funkified that's <laughs> so awesome it's there, like it was... it's like you're listening to an OC remit like a, a funk OC remix album. Of Castlevania music. <laughs> yeah. But it's official. <laughs> the, the guy that did the Divine Bloodlines music, he, uh, I want to say it was the only song that he did for that, for that game. It's like, well, you did it. Yeah. No, you, you set the tone. <laughs> you, and set, like, you set and the then, tone. Like in the next few, you get like, you get Vampire Killer and you get Bloody Tears and you yeah. get, um. Well, and, and since there's alternate versions, there's two songs for different stages like there's one that's uh 
that you i don't know it's like cross a fear that like, some of the names mm. are weird but yeah, if yeah. you hear them you're like oh that's cool but then there's yeah. some songs hold on let me let me link to you this and i know it's awkward because we we tend to do this a decent amount but there's one that's called like op 13 and it's uh it's such an odd it doesn't feel like castlevania at all it's it's kind of in the middle so like the 24 minute mark okay there's i'll a, find a, it at the bottom there's a, a link to all like there's a timestamp for everything but the the soundtrack is so fun because it's just it's it's oh yeah i didn't hear this one it's really funky like this feels like game show music that you'd find in a mario title or something or like the in-between music while you're selecting your like a what track do you want to race on kind of music but it's castlevania (laughs) yeah like it it's so bizarre because like nothing about this says castlevania to me yeah there's there's nothing about this that like they are not setting the tone for what you're doing here at all like no, and this they, is supposed to be scary. <laughs> You're like fighting freaking Dracula and all these dead things, and it's spooky, and you can, it's easy to die. And then they're like, bow, 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 wow, wow. like it's it's just yeah, it's, it's like it's like <laughs> this is so an '80s fun. movie, and you're driving a convertible right now. Yeah, but That's then what you get that to... music says to me, <laughs> and it's it's. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy you brought up the the soundtrack because it's it's my favorite part of of the it game. It is incredible. It, it's so fun. Like every single stage is a banger. Yeah, when, like, when we were when I we decided even... on this one, I, I was I was trying to figure out, man, what what would what are the intro and outro songs? Because they're it's it's rare to have so many good like so many memorable tracks. Because mm-hmm. you know, I know I know I haven't finished Castlevania games. That's why I just said, but I know the music. It's yeah. it's so weird for me to have that connection to the game where it's like yeah i don't i don't actually care for castlevania games that much aside from metroidvanias but my god give me that music all day yeah 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 um like i haven't i think i've in terms of the classics well i've now finished rondo of blood which is cool Mm -hmm. yeah um and i do think that is the best of the classic style castlevania games by a wide margin yeah just in terms of every of how it all goes together like there's some interesting stuff with um castlevania 2 because you have like the town things that you're kind of walking through and stuff like that yeah there I'm, I'm interested in there there's a there's a rom hack of castlevania 2 that like sort of improves a lot of the bad stuff about that game oh, like the um it makes the the day night transition like nearly instant rather than <laughs> sure. having to wait for the text to slowly crawl every time <laughs> yeah. um and it also changes a lot of the dialogue so the hints actually tell you what to do instead of just confusing the hell out of you <laughs> and i feel like stuff like that would actually help a lot but i also think that the core level design in castlevania 2 is just flawed yeah it's 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 it's, it's... so there's only so much you can do with it yeah and i just i don't know i'm not interested in in really playing those games but Rondo of Blood, I would. I, it's one that I would recommend wholeheartedly if you want to see what Castlevania was like. Uh, yeah, it's sort they of kind it, of Metroidvania-fied everything. Yeah, it sort of calls back to the the question we had last week about like if you were if you were going to try to show someone a classic oh, yeah. game to re- to represent classic gaming. Like, I wouldn't necessarily point them to this, but if someone asked me what was classic Castlevania like. I would this is probably the one i would pick yeah, it would have to be don't... this or super castlevania 4 but i think this is better yeah you know i i know i should have played it but i have actually never played castlevania 4 it is 
it's, it's a different experience. It's very, it's the fact that Simon can whip in eight directions changes the game significantly. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's and of... I actually kind of like that Richter can't. Sure. Okay. Um, because it makes the, what happens in Super Castlevania four is you have eight directional whipping, which means your sub weapons are basically useless. Mm, yeah. Cause why, why bother? Yeah. So in, you know, the whole point with your whip going straight forward is like, okay, so you have the axe to hit things above you. You have the holy water to hit things below you. You have the, uh, you know, you have the knife to hit things at a distance. You have, you know, each sub weapon has a purpose. Yeah. And the game designs around that and gives you that sub weapon around a time that you would need it. So it's actually very elegant game design. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it. You know. The, that's true. The weapon drops yeah, that's are true. the the weapon drops are not um random. They are they're calculated. They're in specific lanterns at specific times. Right. And usually, if it drops you one of those weapons, it's telling you you're going to yeah like hey this is this is really useful. Yeah. You're there's something coming up where you might want this. Yeah. Sure. Um. And then, you know, lo and behold, there's, you know, you get an axe and then there's stuff above you. And it's like, well, you can't hit that with your whip, but you can hit it with your axe, which you were just dropped. So it's like it, it's designed in a very straightforward way like that. And I think that's what makes um, classic Castlevania really, really like good, a good example of like really elegant, clean game design like that. Yeah. Where it gives you it gives you the power up that you need when you need it. Um, and Super Castlevania 4 kind of loses some of that mm. because your sub weapons aren't really that important because your whip becomes your, you know, your all purpose murder machine. <laughs> so I, I prefer this just because it keeps that that truly ca classic Castlevania style intact. Yeah. Of like, you know, you need to use your sub weapons and everything. I mean, that's that's kind of fun, but also because Maria is more fun to use than any Belmont ever has been. Dude, Maria, she's so awesome. Like that, that sells the game like so hard. <laughs> that being I think, said, I don't really have much else to say about it. No, I was like, about to say that it's it's this is not one. It's it's kind of strange because I generally I go off on some tangent about some story piece or how it's connected to something else and. I don't have that to go with this. It's it. This was just genuinely, it's a game that I probably would never have touched except it was part of the symphony of the night collection, which I was obviously mm. going to buy. And it's, I, I actually ended up having fun and I was kind of surprised because mm -hmm. I really don't like these games usually. Yeah. It I, wasn't, it wasn't the style of Castlevania that you're, that you generally gravitate to. Right. Which, which is weird because it's really that this is Castlevania. Yeah. So yeah. it was, uh, I'm I'm glad that you got to play it, and I'm glad you also had fun once you found Maria, because it's it's so. I had fun with Richter, but it was very like I took a very long time beating this game with Richter because it is hard. It is it's very hard. It's and so, very hard. Direct the 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 Super Nintendo version of the game that's sort of the same game, but not really. It's even harder. It's really it would be. Oh God, I, I wouldn't even bother if I couldn't. I like time. this was this was at a level of difficulty where it's like I I like a difficult game, but this is like it's this right on is the edge of <laughs> this is right on the edge of like I am almost not having fun. Yeah, there's a there's a few moments or a few sequences where it's just sort of dumb, 
And so if, if Dracula X pushes it more over that line, I would probably dislike that a lot. Yeah. Also, I feel like, you know, not to s- listen, I will I will stand for the for the Super Nintendo sound system every day. But there is something about the almost like arcadey quality of the PC engine that really made this soundtrack pop. It's yeah, it's cool. So a lot of I guess I I did look a little bit into it and I my understanding is the people like the Super Nintendo soundtrack more for some things, but mm. I, I didn't I don't know. I, I love the the Rondo of Blood version. I just I really like the the PC engine. I just like the way it, the, the track sound because it's just maybe it's because they almost don't fit <laughs> like they really don't like it's it's almost if you had if you had played some of this music for me and I didn't know it was from this. Yeah, I would a probably have not really thought it was from a video game <laughs> yeah. and B definitely not thought it was from a video game that's about a vampire and exploring a spooky castle with skeletons. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that at all yeah well it's, what's really interesting is that they, they kind of and the, they front load all of the really memorable you know bloody tears vampire killer mm-hmm. divine bloodline and then they kind of like well let's get let's get kind of weird yeah let's do something, yeah. Let's do something fun how about now. a jazz odyssey how about that <laughs> Some jazz. well one of the one of the composers uh her name is tomoko sano she was she was part of like an irish music band in the 90s so when, you know, around the time that she was making this, this track, and I think she did, um, I can't, I don't remember which sound, what, what specific tracks that she was a part of, but still it's, it's mm. sort of, you can tell that they were, they were, they were thinking, yeah, let's, let's do some weird stuff. Let's just have fun. Yeah, it was fun. I like, and it's, it is definitely a, <laughs> it's definitely a soundtrack that does not, it's the opposite of Metroid. Yeah. It's the opposite of a Metroid soundtrack where like almost none of the Metroid soundtrack is something that I would listen to for fun outside of the game, but it does a fantastic job of setting the mood. Sure. This, I would listen to this entire soundtrack (laughs) on loop on a daily basis and it doesn't set the mood at all. (laughs) Not even a little bit, actually. It, It actually like any sort of mood making that the that the visuals are trying to do is completely ruined by the absolute bop going on in the background. I mean, to put it into perspective, Maria's soundtrack is a samba. Like, like her ending music is it's a samba. Yep. Like, I don't almost made me do a spit take. I feel. I the feel name like that's... of the the name of the track is Mary Samba. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the music we should have them listen to on the way out. <laughs> Richter's ending is called March of the Holy Man and Maria's is Mary Samba. <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know. And oh. also nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, and that that summarizes this. I, this podcast is actually the Rondo of Blood soundtrack podcast. I mean, this, this that's honestly episode. the most noteworthy thing about it. Uh, like the visuals are really good yeah well in the intro so it has this really cool so in the in the version you played since you technically played the japanese version did it have the opening cutscene in german in german yes isn't that sweet with japanese subtitles and i'm like great two languages i can't (laughs) i can't penetrate (laughs) but i that but it's literally if it if it had been if it had been voiced in japanese and subtitled in german i would have been way closer to getting it (laughs) 
but like because like you can kind of see some of the words in german that are like similar like sort of you know like similar words to english where it's like oh okay i kind of know what that means because it's similar to this other word and like i could i could like hear the japanese better than i could read it so yeah. I'd like there'd be a couple of words that are spoken and I could try to piece some of that together. But no, it's <laughs> spoken in German and written in Japanese. And those are both completely opaque to me. So like, no way. Nope. It's just it's funny. They went out of their way to set the mood in some ways. Like the opening of the game sets the mood completely. Oh, the yeah, music really does. And it's the, the the when you're riding on your horse into town, and you can kind of control him during you control Richter during the cutscene. It's it's. It, yeah, it's, it's really super cool. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Especially when you think it's 1993, right? Like, yeah, it's it's impressive. And then the music that that opening the opening soundtrack just blasts you with this is going to be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. Uh, some of the like some of the boss kill animations are really neat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, So I, I like that. But I, I mean, the visuals in general are, are very clean, but they all just remind me of Symphony. Yeah, I can so, see that. like, it's not, like, super noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's good. It's all good. It's, I had, I had a really good time with it. Uh, if, if you want to know what classic Castlevania is like, this is probably the right one. And, and it is part of, it's only on PlayStation, I think, but there is a Castlevania collection with Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night that you can buy. It's, it's, it's on sale quite often. It's like 10 bucks or something, but I think mm. it's only 20, even if you were to buy it not on sale, which I would say 20 bucks for Symphony of the night and Rondo of blood is, is a money well spent. If like, especially if you're, if you're new to both of them and you're going to play them one after the other, yeah. that would be, that would actually be a pretty cool experience. It would. I found out there's a, there's a, there's different endings, but not really. Uh, if you get a hundred percent, which oh, is to right. basically do all routes and, and free all the villagers. Uh, mm-hmm. you get the exact same end. you get the exact same ending, but the, the pictures of the villagers are on the ending screen to denote that you saved them, I guess. And well, that's, that's literally all you get. That's important. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't important to me, so I didn't get it, <laughs> <laughs> but I, d- I do love the, the late eighties, early nineties anime style of the portraits in Rondo of blood. Oh yeah. Hard anime hard it's, early anime yeah it's 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 pretty good yeah yeah it, it's it's significantly more anime than than i thought and even though like it was it was interesting like the first conversation between richter and maria mm-hmm. when he when he frees her the the lines are so disjointed because i guess because they're like you know they're like loading up off the cd or whatever <laughs> yeah but like it's <laughs> They're really um, they're the lines are really separated and really slow. Mm. So I was sitting here like, oh, I understand, like the majority of what's being said here. That's actually oh, a really cool feeling. Neat. I can like I could I could translate this in real time <laughs> for like a good five or six lines. I was like, oh, I know exactly what they're saying. That's cool. And then there were a couple more where it's like, OK, I got about half of that so I could piece it together. It's like the the. The sentences were like really simple and they were really slow and separated. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I I get this because <laughs> I, I had to basically translate everything, you know, on my own to know what was going on. Yeah. And that conversation is basically like, hi, I'm Richter. I'm a vampire hunter. 
I understood Vampire Hunter because it's Vampire Hunter. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, all right, I know those ones. You just borrowed those. <laughs> and like Maria's like, hi, I'm Maria. I'm 12. I'm, I'm also, also a, a Vampire Hunter. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like, no, you're not. This is too dangerous for you. And she's and she does the whole like puff cheek pouting like. Mm. Yep. And she's like, no, I can do it. Let me do it. And he's like, oh, OK, kid. <laughs> and then she joins your party. And then I did like seven more stages not knowing how to use her and then started using her and was like, oh, this is a way better experience. <laughs> I really should have just played the whole game like this. <laughs> Yeah, the cutscenes the cutscenes are all a good time. I, yeah. I really enjoy them. And yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm glad we I'm glad that we this was our <laughs> maybe our only foray into classic Castlevania games, but it, it was it was a good one. Yeah, it was very good. I, I've played I haven't played all of them, but I've played a good chunk and I feel confident in saying like this is the one. I, I finished one and two. I've played part of three and four. Okay. So um I have a fairly solid grounding in like a good portion of the classic Castlevania games and like play this one, play Rondo of Blood and listen to the soundtrack, even if you're not and listen to the soundtrack, even if you don't. 